Oh man, how's everybody doing tonight? That was so weak. Oh my gosh. Is this Takeover Church or not? How are we doing? A miracle could happen now and then silence. What? Come on. Man, I am so excited to be in the house of God tonight. Is God good? Are you excited to be in the house of God tonight? Here's what I need to have happen. We're going to get to the message in just a moment. Hey, I haven't had a chance to meet you. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, sorry. We're getting real used to this whole like church happening here week and, and great things. Um, if I haven't had a chance to meet you guys yet, my name is Matt McClure. My wife, who was just up here a moment ago, Adrienne, we are the co-lead pastors of Takeover Church. Uh, we are a loud church. We believe in the word church. We believe in the spirit church. So tonight... If I say something that you like, holler back at me. Can you practice that one time? If I just be like, Jesus is good, will you just yell back at me, right? So one, two, three, Jesus is good. Yeah. There we go. It's that simple. We just make noise. We get behind the word. We are in a new series. Somebody say new series. <laughs> We're in a new series called Mask Off. Somebody say Mask Off. Cool. Uh, yeah, we're in a new series called Mask Off, and I'm really, really excited about this series. This series, um, this series really came out of a place of, of God laying a few different messages on my heart about um, what I'm going to label real quick as brutal honesty. Everybody hates the word brutal in here. Brutal honesty. Brutal honesty of the Bible, brutal honesty of Jesus and his actual mission, brutal honesty of, of what the Spirit is, brutal honesty of what our lives are supposed to look like as Christians, just brutal honesty. It's not honesty so much as in me and you being honest people. We already know the Bible and the scriptures tell us to do that. Obviously, we're not going to lie. We're not going to steal. We're not going to murder. Like there's, there's a, that, That's pretty blatant. But what has become increasingly unclear in 2018 is the church's actual role, what a Christian is supposed to be, what it's supposed to do. And so really, I just kind of started praying over this series and praying over what it's going to be. And man, there's a lot of us who are hiding behind a lot of masks, whether it's a religious mask or religious facade. Maybe it's a personal mask. Maybe you, maybe you have a mask to keep people at a distance. I don't know what your mask is. Mine, mine is a mask where um, I get a little bit extra, you know what I'm saying? I get a little extra crispy, where uh, this past week I had some really terrible news happen uh, this past Sunday night as well. Um, and my response to that, thankfully at church, was one of vulnerability. But I, as my wife pointed out this week, I kind of exposed myself to a lot of people with my vulnerability and my situation. And so my reaction to that was for me to be a little bit extra the next few days where I was just at a whole other level because Matt's mask is to cover things up and act like I'm good when I'm not. And so for all of us... <laughs> He who finds a wife finds a truthful person. Um, <laughs> it's not in the Bible, but it's good. Uh, still factual. Uh, but yeah, so mask off, man. I'm really excited about this series. The title of my message is this tonight. Are you ready for this? Who's taking notes? Where are my note takers at? Who's got a Bible on them? Who's got a Bible device? I see some leatherbacks. We got some OGs. We got some Bible devices. I love that. Got some iPhones. Good. In just a moment, we're going to hit up scriptures. But the title of my message tonight, if you're taking notes, is this. You ready? I'm not convinced that you're ready. Rusty's ready. Are you ready? The title of the message to this tonight is going to bless you right off the bat. Here we go. Really with it. The title of my message tonight is really with it. We turn to your neighbor and let them know. Ask them, are you really with it? Turn to the person that was your second choice that you clearly like less than the first person and ask them, are they really with it? I promise it's going to make so much sense. I promise. Oh, man. So tonight we're going to be coming out of a, a part of scripture that is going to seem like it's really out of left field. 
but I've learned uh, in almost 10 years now or 10 years now of pastoring and, and a lot of other years of following Jesus now that uh, we serve the God of left field. Has he, has he ever just called you somewhere, done something for you out of left field, out of the blue? Do you know what I'm talking about? Man, we serve the God of left field. And so since we serve the God of left field, when he brought this scripture that uh, is coming to mind tonight that we're going to be coming out of, I was like, that's really out of left field. And then he began revealing his heart and his idea in it and what it was to me. And I was like, that's really out of left field. And I'm really excited about it. So tonight, we're coming out of Matthew 12, 22 through 30. I come out of the NLT. You can, uh, baby, what was that translation for Malachi that you had tonight for offering? Was that the message, Amplified? Message, that was really cool. I like that. Anyways, we're coming out of NLT tonight. You can uh, read whatever Bible version you want to, except for uh, King James. Um, it's too long, bro. We're trying to get the Bible done in a year, right? And it saith, uh, and the Lord uh, and this is taken forever, uh, and it's just really bad. <laughs> I hope forever, uh, is in the King James Version of the Bible. Sorry, Dave. I know that's your book. I know. I'm with you. It's okay. It's okay. So Matthew 12, 22 through 30. Then a demon-possessed man, whoa, right off the bat. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. I love that that needed to be specified, by the way. So that he could both speak and see. You bring him to Jesus, he's going to hit you with one, figure out the rest on your own, champ. That's crazy. The demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus, and he healed the man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, could it be that Jesus is the son of David the Messiah. Verse 24. But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons, haters. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. That's a lot of shade being thrown. Verse 25, Jesus knew their thoughts and he replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. Verse 27, and if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they, will, uh, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Verse 29, for who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone who is even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his goods. Jesus really likes that word plunder. He can plunder his goods. Verse 30, anyone who is with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually actually working against me. Somebody say, oh man. Oh man, that's really good. So we're going to pray real quick and then we're going to bust this bad Jackson open wide. But before we go any further, um, something terrible um, took place. Something very heinous took place in our country this week. And there's a reason that I excluded it from prayer and praise because I kind of wanted to highlight it for a second. Um, I don't care one way or the other what political line you fall on. I don't. Uh, I don't care how you feel about gun regulation and things like that. That's not what this platform is about right now. But there is one thing, and we've made it abundantly clear and explicitly clear, that Takeover Church lives and dies by, and that's for people. And so in just a moment, I want to pray. I just want to take a second. I want to pause service real quick, and I want to lift up Santa Fe, Texas, and that, and that heinous, terrible situation. I want to lift up everybody involved. Because there is a young man who was clearly pretty disturbed, has some pretty bad issues, and he was quite the fractured individual. 
And you know what? He made it through this situation alive, and I still believe that Jesus wants to encounter him just like he wants to encounter that family. Our God is so good that, man, that boy needs some hope, and these families need some hope. And so I really just want to see, the Bible says that the Lord draws near to the crushed in spirit and the brokenhearted. And so I want to lift up Santa Fe, Texas, and all these family members, and all these people are afflicted by the situation. Can we do that, church? Jesus, I ask God that you would come in this situation, that you would be with Santa Fe, Texas, God, for the family directly uh, directly afflicted God by the situation I ask that your Holy Spirit would be the Prince of Peace the peace beyond all understanding God that you would come and that through this tragedy God they would find hope they would find love they would find peace God as difficult as dark as it may be God that to this community and these students and all of them God that you would just bring hope to them God peace God that you have a better tomorrow for them even still Jesus and for this young man I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know what's going to happen. God, I pray that you would protect him while he is in prison. And that is something you are not going to hear at any other church on a Sunday. I pray that you would protect him while he is in prison. God, that you would have people, I don't care who it is, but of faith, loving Jesus, loving wild person in those prisons. God would come to him, meet him right where he is, Jesus, and love on him and speak hope and future into him, God. God, I don't know what it needs to look like, but I know that you said that you were going to come and you were going to reconcile everybody, the entire earth, back onto yourself. And that's got to include this person. And I got to believe that the cross of Jesus is enough for everybody. So God, come have your way in this situation. We want to see Santa Fe flipped upside down. God, this is a terrible tragedy, God, but we want to see some good and some love and some hope, God, because you are the hope, the anchor to our soul, God, in the tragedy, in the tragedy, God, in, in all of it, Jesus, in the travesty. You are still what they are anchored to, God, and I ask that they would come to know you more and more through this, God, that you would continue to be the peace beyond all understanding in that city, God. In Jesus' mighty name of faith-filled church said, Amen. Can you make some noise if you actually believe that tonight? God's so good. Mask off. The cross isn't just for people who get it right, man. The cross is for everybody. I got to preach still. Okay. All right. Man, I'm really excited about this message series. I picked this piece of scripture because... I think it really exemplifies just the heart of God and, the, and, and, and his heart for Christianity and for you and me. But mask off, I think, with this series, man, it's our heart just to get down to the brutal, honest truth. And I don't think brutal is a bad thing. I think brutality is, is a very good thing. Jesus, Jesus endured a very brutal, real death on the cross that set us free so that we can have life and life to the full. And tonight, when I talk about really with it, I want to show you what Christ actually set us free from and what he set us free for. Because he did not set us free for just so that you and I would have this very passive faith where this faith doesn't actually affect our lives, how we live, how we talk, where we go, what we do that this faith would actually cause us and push us to go forward, that would cause us to go into the darkness, that would cause us to get out of our theological little bubbles and actually go tell somebody who needs to hear about hope that Jesus is hope and he's here and he loves them right where they are. It doesn't matter, but we're going to go to dark places. We're going to go to some people who have done some bad things and we're going to go to anybody and everybody so that they can hear the message and love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Like we, the mask off, Christianity is less about you and me once we come to them more about everybody else because you and I, we actually have a mission. We actually have something to accomplish and we don't get to passively sit by and watch while everybody else does it. 
We actually have a job to do. So we're going to go back to the scriptures real quick. Matthew 22 through 30. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus, and he healed the man so that he could do both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, could it be Jesus, the son of David, the Messiah? But then the Pharisees heard about the miracle. They said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Pause. These people are idiots. Unpause. 25. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. Pause again. I love this piece of scripture. And again, anytime that we can highlight something that we believe here at Takeover Church, we're going to. Any kingdom, country, county, people group divided in civil war is doomed and will fall apart. I don't think I really need to add to that. But in case you don't know, now you know the kingdom of God, Christianity, Jesus Christ. He went to the cross, the great equalizer of all men. And so just because a country might be divided against itself, just because we might see battle lines drawn between people, races, creeds, tribes, tongues, the church of Jesus Christ, takeover church, is going to be a home for anybody and everybody. And we will not see this house divided by civil war. We are united on this, and we are united for people, and that's what we're going to do. Amen? All right, we're back to it. Man, this, this kingdom of God is for anybody and everybody through the finished work of Jesus Christ. We all agree, amen? Awesome. Verse 26. If, Jesus is ca- or if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by Satan, Satan, what about your own exorcist? To cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, somebody say Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God, somebody said the kingdom of God, has arrived among you. These are not mutually exclusive. They are together. Amen. Verse 29. For who is powerful enough to enter one house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone who is even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house too. Verse 30. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. I love that last piece of scripture. Anyone who is uh, you're either with me or against me. You ever heard that phrase? Yeah, Jesus said it first. You're either with me or you're against me. And again, that highlights the fact that you and I, we are Christians. We are Jesus followers. If you're in here tonight and you are going to say, and you have a professed faith, faith that it's more than just your Facebook status, that you actually believe in Jesus and you actually believe he went to the cross, you actually believe he has more for you on this life than just to exist and exist from beat down to breakthrough, if you have an actual iota of faith in Jesus Christ, that he is actually your Lord and Savior and he has done what he says he's going to do, then you and I cannot sit by, will not sit by. We have to talk to people about Jesus. We have to give hope to a broken and dying world. Amen? Jesus is putting everybody on notice right here. He is saying this faith is not passive. This faith is aggressive. This faith has action. This faith, you could go as to say, and this word is definitely going to bother some of y'all, and I don't apologize for it. You could even say that the kingdom of God is violent. And we say that we hear that word in church, we're like, what? Spirit of gentleness and kindness and all that good stuff. But what did he just say? Only a stronger man, only a stronger person can come into an already strong person's place. The devil, who has reigning power here right now to do whatever he wants to do, only a stronger person can come into somebody else's house and straight take their stuff, ransack it, and take it for the kingdom of God. Amen? And that starts with some Christians understanding that this is not passive faith, that the kingdom of God comes through you and me. And if the Spirit of God is already doing things, then boy, who knows in Takeover Church, the Spirit of God is doing things. Who knows in Grand Rapids in 2018, the Spirit of God is doing things. Well, where the Spirit of the Lord is, the kingdom of God is here. It is among 
among us, and it wants to what? Take over some things. Amen. And I love this piece of scripture because one, Jesus puts everybody on notice, including the uh, religious zealots of the day. But verses 26 through 29, when he's talking about casting out demons, I love how Jesus corrects them. And it's going to be the highlight of our, of our night tonight. But I love this, that Jesus establishes this new world order in verses 26 through 30. He establishes new world order. We might have political lines. We might have different nominations of churches, denominations of churches, which actually means a divided nation. I wish we could get past that stupid phrase, but we can't. It's 2018 and we're human. What do you do? You come to know Jesus and live differently. But that's not the point right now. Here's Jesus, and he is talking about something very real and very clear. Mask off tonight. He has talked about the mission of the church. The mission of the church is to be led by, in love with, hereby, guided by, moved by the Spirit of God. And if the Spirit of God is there, that means the kingdom of God is here, and that means God is up to something. He wants to establish a new world order in this place. Now, here we are in 2018. Anybody knows 2018? 2018, eighth number of new beginnings. I'm believing for a new beginning for the church. I'm believing for a new beginning for this country. I'm believing a new beginning of this world. I think it's very grim. I think it's very dark. I think a lot of heinous things are going on. But how many of you know when it's at its darkest, man, sometimes it's when God does the most? Amen. And so it's bad out. We get that. We acknowledge that fully. We're gonna, we, but we, again, we are Christians. We are not going to stand in awe of what's going on. We are going to stand in purpose and we are going to fight and we are going to see this world change because it's worth fighting for because Jesus went to the cross for it. At least you and I can do is get out of our little comfort zones and go tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. So here we are. We got the kingdom of God. It's 2018. We in America. Somebody say, this is America. It's 2018. We're in America. It's 2018. We are in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And man, the church is here to do something incredible. And I feel like pastors have been saying this for a long time. So maybe you're sitting here tonight going, yeah, we've heard this, this, this jargon before that we're here and rah, rah. And Jesus wants to do something. So go tell your neighbor because they're living a life that's on a highway to hell. Ah! That's not actually the message I'm coming to preach tonight. The message I want to preach tonight is that in 2018, I see the church, I see Christians, Jesus followers falling on two sides of a line, on a line they got no business walking on, and they certainly don't have the right to fall on the two sides of these. Do you want to hear about the two sides tonight that I see? Because we're going to talk about it. Somebody say, talk about it. Because we're going to find out who's really with it. Somebody say, really with it. We're going to find out tonight because, man, on one side of this line, and it breaks my heart, and I got to believe that it breaks God's heart because, again, he did not go to the cross for this lifestyle, okay? He did not go to the cross so that we could do this, all right? One side of the line, well, I see people, especially here in Grand Rapids because this is our place. This is where we do ministry. This is where God has called us to, and, man, until he comes back, I'm going to be here yelling through this dang microphone, believing for him to do something, believing for the city to turn around, for people to come alive in Jesus, amen? It's so on one side of this line. I see this. I see a lot of Christians walking around. I don't even know. I don't even know if they would tell you they're Christians, but I know that they used to be in church, and I know that they used to love Jesus. And they're sitting around, and they're in their little hurt circles and their little hurt boxes, and they're sitting around deconstructing their faith, tearing it down, questioning whether they ever really experienced God before they ever really experienced God's uh, power, His presence. Was that just emotionalism, or did I even feel Him? Did He really do that, or was that just life and chance in the universe making things work together? Because yes, the universe that's fallen underneath sin wants it to work together for your good. Uh, no. 
But we're sitting around in our little hurt circles and our little hurt quests and our little question quests and we're asking all these questions and we're deconstructing our faith and we're breaking it down and all we're doing, we're not actually talking about, we're, we're criticizing the local church, we're criticizing the global church, we're criticizing huge churches, we're criticizing little churches, we're criticizing everybody and we're just talking about breaking down this thing called the church that Jesus gave his life to establish and all we're doing is sitting around in a little hurt circles deconstructing this faith. That is not what Jesus paid for. The mask that those people wear is a mask of a defeatist. And then on the other side of this line that I see people walking, again, we're not called to either of these. God has so much more. And for that first people group, if you think that Christianity is, is boring or is, uh, or is only here to hurt and establish or isn't a good time or any of these things, whatever lie you believe about Christianity, if that's you and you fall on that side, Lord, I can tell you that God is so much better than you've ever experienced before. He is so much greater. He has so much more for you to do. He has so much more that he wants to bring you and love on you and show you and take you to. And the other side of this line, we got these people who write books and they write papers and they wear their snarky little glasses and they sip really good coffee and they sit there and they bring their typewriter to a coffee shop in 2018. It's like, why do you have a coffee? Uh, why do you have a typewriter at a coffee shop in 2018? Because I'm a theologian, man. That's what I do. And they're sitting there and they're and they're listening to these podcasts and they're and, and they're and they're writing up these books and they're writing up these doctrinal statements and they're going to seminary and they're doing all these things and God bless you, that's great and all. But we're sitting here and we're in our little theological boxes and we're going to seminary and we're overcomplicating this thing called Jesus. We're overcomplicating this thing called faith. And like the deconstructed, defeatist people mask, we're over here in a little theological boxes, drinking a little theological coffee, and we're actually overcomplicating, adding to, making it more difficult, muddy in the waters, so that it's impossible for those who don't know as much as we do to actually live and confess and be Christians and walk in freedom because we're too busy dodging theological bullets and how what he said wasn't actually what he meant, and actually in context, and this is what it was, and we're sitting here poking holes in Christianity at this time, but instead of deconstructing it, we're filling it up with other things. And can I just make it clear, because it really bothers me, man, I like the term theologian, but really theologian only means that you have thoughts on God, and that means every single one of us have a thought on God, so we're all theologians, bro. Doesn't make you any better, but that is a mask that we hide behind. And so we have these two masks that a lot of people fall into. And then we have what Jesus actually came to establish. I would say that one of the houses that he comes to overflow are those ones. The Spirit of God, the Kingdom of God, was never meant so that we could sit here on a little hurt quest and be upset about and these thoughts that we can't reconcile. Man, we have the Word of God for those thoughts that we can't reconcile. He knew it. He lined it all up. We have a Holy Spirit and we can just give it over to Him and say, God, I may not understand, but I guess what? I actually don't have to understand everything. It doesn't have to all make sense to me all the time. You have nothing to prove to me, God, because you proved everything you needed to when you went to the cross of Jesus. Amen. And so in 2018, man, thank you. In 2018, I love Jesus and I love church and I love people and I love the body of Christ. I promise you I do. But man, what he is saying to us tonight, and I can tell you from personal experience that when I'm going through it, anybody ever gone through some things? Let's make this personal for a second. Anybody gone through some things? My hand's up. Your hand up. You ever been through some things? You ever been through some difficult things, some trials, some tribulations, all that good stuff? You been there? I can tell you that when I'm going through things, do you know what I don't need? Do you know who I don't want by my side? When I'm in the hospital, when I'm on my deathbed, when my leg's broken, when my parents are having an affair, when things are going on and my world is falling apart, do you know what I don't need? 
I don't need somebody who has a deconstructed faith without hope to come and sit with me, come and sit in my hospital bed, come and sit in my waiting room, wherever it is that my world's falling apart. I don't need somebody who's there just for the sake of community. Community is great. And they'll be like, but God was in community. Yes, he was. With, pur- with purpose, he was in community with himself because where the spirit of the Lord is, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of so the presence and power is. I don't need somebody with no hope to come and sit with me who's just going to talk about how God has failed me because I'm in the waiting room and where was my provision and where was my healing. If he really loved me, I wouldn't be going through this. I don't need somebody like that to come and sit with me in the hospital. Do you know what I need? I need somebody that believes that we're two or more gathered and we're going to meet in community on purpose because there's pen, there's uh, presence and there is power here when we get together. We're not here for the sake of community. We're here because God is here together with us and we're going to see a miracle, right? I don't need somebody with me when I'm going through it. You don't need somebody with you when you're going through it who is going to come up to me and be like, yo, man, I know you're really going through it, but you know what, you know, hermeneutics theology says, right? You know what systematic theology says about that, right? Man, we should talk about eschatology. I think eschatology is really going to get you through this, man. You know, we should just go down the Roman road, bro. We just need to go down the Roman road. Here, man, let's just let's go get some khaki pants go down the Roman road together, man. We won't fall apart on the Roman road, man. I don't need that. Do you know what I need when my world is falling apart? I need somebody like Rusty Vining over here who can actually pull heaven down when my world is shattering. I need somebody like Rusty Vining who's going, man, I know earth and your foundation and everything's shaking inside you, but guess what? The kingdom of God is here. The spirit of God is here. Let's pull heaven down into your situation. I don't need somebody to take me down the Roman road. What I need is somebody like my wife. Adrienne, who isn't going to lie down from the no, from the devil. She is going to stand and fight for the yes for God, for her yes from God, from my yes to God, from your yes from God. She is going to stand and fight. I don't need somebody who is going to give me a theological, doctrinal statement of faith. Do you know what I need? I need somebody like Kelsey that when my world's falling apart, 45 minutes before service last week, to actually be Jesus to me when he says mourn with those who mourn and laugh with those who laugh when she put her arms around me and her head on me and her tear dripped down into my bomber jacket and actually met me where I was and she loved me right there and she spoke genuine faith and genuine love and she spoke things into into my heart and into me that softened me and calmed me that when my foundation was shattered she brought in the spirit and the presence of God man in 2018 we were never meant to live on these spaces and in these places like man there are some things in our faith that the church has established for 2,000 years that yeah we should talk about and we should look at there's probably some things that we were taught a long time ago that aren't actually lining up with what Jesus came to establish in the Bible we should talk about those things but we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because we have a time and a place in 2018 where we know what the Word of God says better now because we have better translations and we have better preaching and we have better churches like we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because there was a lot of good things but we don't sit around and just talk about the bad we talk about the good news and in fact we don't just talk about the bad and do nothing else about it we talk about the good and we go to the streets we don't even got to acknowledge the bad the church did this yeah it's true but I'm gonna be the church and I'm gonna go to the streets I'm gonna go to the hopes and I'm gonna bring Jesus to everything around me amen And I love theology. I think it's great. There are some things that we should focus on and talk about in our personal time. But we don't need these little things, man. 
Because at this point in time, it's less about what we need and what we can get from God. We got the Holy Spirit. Jesus already went to the cross. If he never did another thing for me, you best believe all of my breakthrough is in the blood-soaked cross of Jesus Christ. That I already have the Holy Spirit. That, man, I have the promises of God. As Rusty said during communion, we are heirs. We are child of God. I have everything he's already promised me. It's available to me. I get to stand in faith. I get to reach out in faith. I get to go forward in faith. He has more for me than my current situation. I already have the breakthrough. I love these things, and I think it's great, and it's fantastic, but that was not the chief concern of Jesus when he went to the cross. It wasn't that you and I would sit around and write papers. It wasn't that we would sit around and deconstruct what everybody else has already done. It's not that we would sit around and we would just be hurt and we would be confused. It was that the things that hurt us and the things that challenged us and the things that confused us, we could actually lay those at the feet of God and be like, I don't understand, but I know that you know and I know that you've already called me. I know that you already went to the cross knowing that I wouldn't understand everything. And God, if this is what you have for me, man, then I'm going to live for you. And I know that when I'm confusing, your word says that you are not the author of confusion, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I know that you are good. And I know that you are faithful. And when it's hard, man, I know that there's going to be some community around me that know that there is strength in numbers, especially for Christians, man. There are strength in numbers. And when my world is falling apart, I'm going to get around some people who can pull heaven down. Because the chief concern of the Christian and in the church of 2018, if it's new beginnings, that our chief concern is to have heaven collide with with earth. That if the kingdom of God is here, if Jesus is asking, are you really with it? You're either with me or against me, man. And when we're with Jesus, we're for people. And when we're with Jesus, we're for a simple gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it's, we're making a lot, we're making a mountain out of a molehill with some of these things we're going. When really, Jesus says, I want to reconcile the entire world onto myself. I came and died that so whoever, whoever is exclusive to everybody. That so whoever would call on me, make me Lord of their life, they would be saved. And then Jesus later goes on to say that I did not come for a far off heaven, for a far off day, all that secured when I went to the cross and you made me the Lord of your life. But I came so that you could have life and life to the full. Is there anybody in the house of God tonight that wants a full life, that wants to experience heaven now? Because I'm telling you tonight, Takeover Church, the chief concern is that for you and for me, we would not sit around and dissect or build up. It's that we would hit the streets and we would see if we live from heaven, the streets can live from heaven. If we live from heaven, our neighbors can live from heaven. If we live from heaven, heaven can collide with our families, collide in our marriages, collide in our kid, collide with our enemies if we're living from heaven. Amen. This is the chief concern of Christians. You want to talk about mass? off, man. The mask you live behind is the mask that you're going to die behind. The mask that you, that's so good. That's so good. I got no shouts out there, but that's so good. The mask you live behind is the mask that you're going to die behind. And I got to tell you, the mask, I'm not willing to live behind any mask, but I'm sure not going to live behind something that's less than what Jesus paid for. I'm certainly not going to spend all of my time on this earth thinking about these things that he didn't. He made it so abundantly clear. And I got another scripture in just a second that we're going to get to. But he made it so abundantly clear, man, that this thing Christianity, it might, this journey with Jesus, it might start with us following Jesus. But this thing with Christianity, this journey with Jesus ends with who we brought along the way. Because, man, your papers were good. 
And she had community for the sake of community. But who's living differently because of it? Who has hope because of this hope that is anchored to our soul? Who has life and life to a full because of you? We're here for heaven to invade Grand Rapids. We are not here by accident. We are not here by omission of our own ideas. We are here because Jesus called us and he spoke to us. And he said, mask off, Matt. Mask off. I know you want to hide behind, behind what your parents did and how crazy, your, how crazy your childhood was, what your parents put you through, Matt. I know you want to hide behind these things, but I didn't call you to be that scared little boy. I called you to be my son. I called you to be my daughter. I called you to be a Christian in a light and that you have a message and you have hope because the only reason you made it through what you made it through was because I was pursuing you the whole way. You and I, we have to take inventory of the mask that we're living behind because there is no mask dying for. There's no mask worth dying for. There's no mask worth keeping this on the inside. Is this helping anybody tonight? Only a stronger person, only a stronger God, only a stronger kingdom can overthrow an already strong kingdom. Whether that's the kingdom of darkness, whether that's the kingdom of American Christianity, whether that's the kingdom of West Dutch conservative Grand Rapids, former reformed Christianity, only a stronger kingdom can take over the kingdoms that are already here. And I tell you this tonight, church, we are here to establish hope in the form of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. Do you believe that tonight? Take over, church. Then we got another scripture that we're going to finish up with here tonight. 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. We got that up there? Yeah, we do. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard, we fight hard, we pray hard to persuade others. Again, this is not passive. We have a job. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God, and if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Pause. If it seems crazy, crazy that in 2018 when the housing market is trashed that we're praying for people to get a home. Man, it's going to sound crazy. In 2018 when the people are saying that jobs are at an all-time high, but really we can look on the streets and we can see the amount of homeless. We can see the amount of people not finding a job. People are going to college and getting their degrees and not finding work when they get out except for a whole lot of debt. And we believe and pray that God has a job for them. We're going to seem like we're crazy. If somebody steps out on their marriage and we're going to pray for them and believe with them and walk this thing out with them because the last thing they need when their home is falling apart is for the church to abandon them. That might seem crazy. And in 2018, when there are mass shootings more than we can count, and we stop and we pray for the young man who actually committed it, that might sound crazy to you. But man, our God is so good. He is so faithful. It goes beyond you and me. It's not about whether I actually love that young man who did that or how much love I have for my dad for stepping out of my mother. It is because of what Jesus did on the cross that when I wasn't good enough, he came to me. And when they're not good enough, we got to go to them. Amen. We got a job to do, church. Work hard, pray hard. Man, we got to love hard. Is there anybody that believes that tonight? Yeah. 
Because when it sounds crazy, then we are actually in our right mind, a kingdom mind, a kingdom of God mindset. We are in a new world order. We do not operate by what has done before just because it was labeled church. We operate this way because the kingdom of God is at hand and his, his spirit has empowered us to actually do what he's called us to do. Amen. Whew. Verse 14, either way, Christ's love controls us. Christ's love is the way, it is the what, it is the why, and it takes over our lives. His love is the end-all, be-all. Amen. Since we believe that Christ died for all of us, again, all is exclusive to everybody. We also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who believe, uh, we've died to our own life so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves and said they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 16, so we stopped evaluating others from a human point of view, a.k.a. we don't look at history, we talk about destiny. We don't talk about what they've done. We talk about what they can be. We don't look at where they're coming from. We speak hope and we speak a call and we speak a destiny about where they're going, that our God is so good. He is so able that if he can save a sinner like me, a wretch like me, then man, this Jesus is so good. He's got a hope and a future for everybody. Do you believe that tonight? Man, you got a future. You have a destiny. We don't evaluate people like humans do anymore because we're no longer called to look at the natural. We're called to look at the supernatural, which is deeper than skin. It's deeper than mistakes. It's deeper than what we've done. It's deeper. It's who we can be. It's who God made us to be. It's what the blood speaks us that we can be. Worship team, you can begin to make your way up this way. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. Verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and the new life has begun. And friends, it's a lot easier for people to actually live out this new life when we quit looking at them like they're living from their old life. It's a lot easier for people to walk in the destiny and the call that God has for them, this life and life to the full, when you and I quit talking to them like they're still making the same mistakes, like they're in their old nature, that they're on their old ways, when we actually speak to who God has now called them to be. And we don't need to hold them accountable for the issues they still have. We hold them accountable for the identity they have available to them. Amen. And of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He held them himself against them. And he gave us his wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We all have a role to play. We all have a fight to fight. We all have a street to see redeemed man we are gonna go and we are gonna occupy every single threshold every single place that our feet are blessed to walk into you might dread going into work but you are blessed to have a job and you are blessed to have an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus to be an example of hope and of love and of a prince of peace that is in the inside of you you are there to be an example of what Christ is man he dies so that you can actually live and the best part about actually living is that it's no longer about us we get to see other people live awake amen for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we can be made right with God through Christ in just a minute we're going to go back into the song and
Jesus died to make us right with Christ. Part of being right in Christ is that we no longer live behind our masks. Because we could be walking in our new nature, but we can still be living behind an excuse of a mask. A self-perception that we've had since we were a kid, a label that somebody in our family or society has put on us. Failure, adulterer, not good enough. Whatever mask you're hiding behind, the chief concern of Jesus Christ is to collide with your mask and split that thing like the veil from the bottom up and to make a lasting impression on you that says, I am God and I am here and I am good and there is so much more for you, man. You have a life that means invasion of heaven, that you get to live from heaven, you get to walk in destiny, you get to have hope even when it looks hopeless, you get to have joy even when it seems like joy shouldn't be your natural response, you get to write to have peace when your world is falling apart. Church, do you believe it tonight? There is so much more for you than the mass that you've ever lived behind. We're going to stand up. We're going to sing this song. It is called Open Heaven. This is a song inviting the Holy Spirit to come and live and to come and move and to come and show up and show off in our lives. And what we're going to do is this, man. With a tradition of mask off, and we've been doing this a lot lately. Adrienne, myself, we're gonna be down here in the front. During this next song, if you need prayer for anything, we're gonna be here to pray. But during this next song, if you're sick and tired of living behind the mask that you've been living behind, then I would encourage you to actually come down here. I don't believe in an altar anymore because Jesus went to the cross. We got the Holy Spirit inside of us. That's the only altar we need. But man, I do believe that something solidifies in our soul when we're believing for something in the supernatural, but we choose to act out in response to God, being guided by the Holy Spirit in the natural. So if you got a mask to lay down, this altar is open for you. If you got a place and you got a facade, you got an identity that is not of Christ, that is not what he came and paid the price for you, that we're going to be here, we're going to be open to prayer. Whatever you need, we're going to pray, we're going to believe for God to move, but there is a space right here where you can just come, you can put your hands up, you can worship. You don't got to get down on your hands and knees unless you want to, but you can stand here and you can lay this mask at the altar at the feet of Jesus Christ. As you can leave here without that mask on, you can come and you can walk that out in the natural and we can stand with you in prayer and with faith, believing in the supernatural, man, that you are going to walk out your destiny. Mask off tonight. You ready to go? Are you ready to worship? Is he more than your questions? Is he more than your theology? Is he Jesus Christ? Do you believe it? Then we're going to sing open heaven because we want heaven to collide tonight. Jesus, come have your way in this place, God. We want to live from heaven tonight. Not from our hurt, not from our confusion, not from our doubt, but from heaven tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's worship.